Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. everybody this is another episode of making it rain we got a good episode here coming for you guys today talking about the new additions Faber staying in minnesota and going over all the matchups stay tuned to find out nobody there for tucson rain will take it away with speed up the right wing side velarde tripped up centered for fagimo to the left circle a shot score in his first game of the year guess who leas anderson makes it three to two with one I know that's a sound clip had Leas Anderson, and that's a long time ago, fellas. We are farther in the season than that. That just brings you back to that. I don't think there was ever a good enough. I mean, outside of TJ Tynan, that that four games that he had or five games he had with us was was astronomically good. Uh, we're far down the road from that. But before we get into all the the deeks and and uh, you know rocket shots here, how are you doing, Joe? I'm. Doing all right, Randon. It's been a busy, uh, busy couple of weeks. Been a little bit since we spoke. I know we didn't get together last week, so happy to be back. How's things with you? Good, good. Yeah, we had. Uh, I had to do, or I got to do, not had to do. I got to do an interview with Francisco Rivera or X Rivera, um, the the Spanish announcer for the LA Kings. Fantastic interview. If you guys haven't listened to it, please go back and and he talks a lot about how uh, the Hispanic community has embraced the LA Kings, how the LA Kings have the most. Uh, uh, Hispanic season ticket holders and fans in the entire NHL. And so very, very well done interview. And it was a pleasure talking to Francisco. Yeah, that's awesome. That was well done too. That was a really good, uh, good listen, good guest. So, but uh, yeah, everything's been good. Uh, just watching this catastrophe of an April for the Kings, uh, holding on by my teeth to see if they get in. Uh, we were talking before we came on and I was like, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that they get in like they, there's no doubt, you know, and all this kind of stuff like that. And now it's like 97%, 90%, 85%, 70%. It's like, holy crap. Like, and they get Mark Stone, Vegas gets Mark Stone back. So definitely, uh, you know, on the edge of your seat every single day, watching the scoreboard to see how those standings, obviously tonight they're facing Calgary. So go flames. Uh, we're recording on a, on a Thursday night here. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been going pretty good. Baseball's back in. Um, I was uh, pessimistic about the A's based on because they just sell everybody, but they've been playing some scrappy baseball to three out of four. And the new guy that we got, Christian Pache, uh, probably my new favorite player on the team. He's only been there a, a couple weeks. And so uh, pretty decent start to the season. I thought we would have went 0-10 or something like that to start. But... <laughs> I, was a, I was a big fan of his in the Atlanta system. Get a little baseball yeah. talk. But, yeah, big fan of his as a prospect. So, uh, but other than that, everything is going well. How about you, man? How's the fam? How's life? And and uh, what do you think about these? Uh, what's been going on with the Kings? Good, busy. Um, the Kings. Listen, I mean, I think at some point you, I don't want to say that they were playing over their head, but after a while, the injuries and the youth in the lineup, particularly in the back end, I think it starts to, you know, you start to maybe see some, you see some mistakes or see some things that in plays that get made that that 
maybe don't happen if Edler's in for the duration or Dowdy or Anderson guys that have been there. And, you know, you're, you're relying on a really, really young and inexperienced back end. And there's going to be some times where it just doesn't go well. Uh, and, and it just sizzles what it is. Um, that, that and the goaltending has been probably subpar at best, I would say of late. So straight you know, garbage would be a better accurate <laughs> description. And... I know last night, it was. <laughs> but you know, listen, it's, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, a, a t- it's tough because of where they were just, you know, just a few weeks ago in the standings. But again, they're at, at present moment. They're sitting in a playoff spot. They've got a, a, a nice schedule upcoming, relatively speaking. Um, so hopefully they're able to to string something together here, grab some points, um, and and find their way into the playoffs. And and I know for Ontario that they're in the playoffs, of course, but we've seen kind of a similar up and down, certainly far less dominant rain team than we saw in the first half of the season. And I think a lot of that's because a lot of these young players are up in Los Angeles and it's having kind of a trickle down effect on the rain as well. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a learning curve and some, some growing pains at times for these young players, but they're certainly being thrown into the fire in, in a playoff race. Definitely so much. And, you know, again, I think you're looking at down the stretch, uh, you know, all non-playoff teams, all teams that the Kings should beat regardless of injury. Um, you know, Anaheim once was thought as, you know, perhaps the best team in the Pacific and that's, They've had a, a definitely a downfall second season. They traded every one of their good players away. Uh, Kraken, you know, uh, all, even though they got their number two overall pick in Maddie Beneers, congratulations on uh, on making the NHL and getting your first point in your first game. Uh, you know, USA staple probably to the Olympic team going forward uh, with how good he is as a, such a young kid. But I mean, they should beat these teams, and I think they need at minimum ten out of the twelve points. You know, Vegas is Vegas is playing good hockey, and they're getting Mark Stone back. I, I think they need to get ten out of twelve, if not twelve out of twelve, and need some help. Yeah, listen, there's no question. Despite how how favorable the schedule may be, they actually got to go play the games and get the points because you know these other teams certainly aren't just going to roll over for you. Uh, you have to go and you got to play, and you got to you got to pick up these two points night in and night out. I mean, it's it's there's not really a whole lot left to give uh, at this point in the season. Definitely not. Definitely not. So let's get started with here. The big news, uh, you know, I think uh, kind of created a lot of panic in uh, in Kingsland on Twitter, at least uh, Faber staying in Minnesota. He said, I'm back, baby. Um, you know, but he wasn't the only one. Uh, Toronto prospect. Uh, I think his last name is pronounced Nice uh, stayed as well. We talked about it in our last podcast that they have the number one recruitment class. Uh, and so they're going to be stacked like, uh, you know, like Michigan was stacked this year uh, and try to go for a cup run. Um, and so he reportedly was offered a starting spot on the Kings uh, in Chicago uh, if he signed and decided to stay uh, back in college. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know that I was I'm – cer- I'm certainly not one of those ones that maybe panicked. I don't. I'm not reading a whole lot into it. Um, I think, you know, the, he's still under, you know, kind of King's what quote unquote property for a couple of years. It's, he, you know, he would have to do the same thing next summer. I don't think it's till 24 that he can, um, that he would be like a free agent. So uh, I'm not necessarily worried. He's got a good opportunity to go back. You mentioned he's not the only one. And I think Ryan Johnson, I don't know, has that decision been made yet? His D partner who's a, a prospect out of Buffalo. Uh, he had not signed, at least last I saw. So he's another one. So you, it, it could very well be just a situation where they want to get back together and, and try to take another kick at the can. Uh, and win decision, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm honestly not reading a lick into it. I didn't, I saw it. I was a little surprised, I guess, but I, I'm not discouraged. If anything, it's, it's not a bad thing. Let him get another year. He's only, he's so young. He's still only just coming off his sophomore season. So it's not like he's still a young kid. So nothing wrong with, with taking another year. And, and you've heard me talk about it. I think I catch some heat sometimes for it, but it, it could be an opportunity for him to kind of take that next step in his development and, and see if he can push the puck or push the pace a little bit more and maybe be a little bit, show a little bit more of an offensive side of, to his game. He's an elite defensive defenseman that we already know really good skater really, really good player, really fun to watch uh, and highly touted as he should be, but he may be able to add a little bit more to that arsenal 
uh, in his junior season. Yeah, if he, he's at a half point per game right now. If he can get around a point per game in this next season, uh, being a, a little bit more of a premier scorer, it'd be definitely something to look at. Trapper Nines come in and said he has a good shot at a natty, meaning a national championship. I am not panicking. Yeah, I think no where most right. people... I think where people are panicking is Adam Fox, right? So Adam Fox decided not to sign with the team that drafted him, signed with New York, obviously Norris Trophy winner. Uh, you know, people go down the yellow brick road of negativity and they automatically assume, oh, he's going to sign somewhere else. He's going to be right shot D1 um, for another organization, win a championship with them. The Kings are never going to see his talent, yada, yada, yada. They just kind of go down that panic mode, yeah. which is a possibility. Sure. But there's also very much a possibility that he signs after this next season. They just want to run it back as a team. If all the players that could have signed don't sign, it seems like a team decision. They've had a couple. There's been one or two that I know have have signed. But regardless, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not at all panicked or worried or anything like that. Um, you know, I mentioned Ryan Johnson. I did see that there was some question – uh, out of some reports in Buffalo that now Ryan Johnson's uh, a left shot D man, um, which is, we all know is something the Kings have been kind of looking for or, or, or a little bit thinner at compared to the right side. Um, and now he's a little bit older, I believe than uh, Faber. He's going into his senior year. So he's actually eligible to be a free agent next year and him going back maybe is a little bit more of an alarm bell situation. Whereas, Faber to me. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I think it's, if anything, it's not a bad thing for him to get that extra year of development. Not worried. Yeah. Trapper and I coming in plus college life is way better than junior life. You could best believe all those honeys on the NCAA campus for, for a, a premier college team. And uh, in Minnesota has got to be a lot better than hitting the roads and the buses outside making money, but he's, he's thinking long-term there and, and uh, Richard coming in. He's, I'm not worried about Faber. It's too early to worry. I tend to agree. I think that he knows how touted he is within the organization. You're going to be in an organization that's on an upswing uh, there. Now let's talk about how this factors into the rest of the team. Like we are both big fans of Helge Granz. We're both big fans of Jordan yep. Spence and all this. This just leaves the door open for them to more solidify their spot because one of their biggest competition ain't, ain't going to be there in camp to, to mess things up for them. Sure. And so I would say for, for as much of, as I've talked about and like we, we, we spitball as fans and as we've done on our pod and the, the hockey royalty pod and Russell's put together the uh, you know, those uh, uh, the Twitter spaces. And we talk about, you know, who's the odd man out on the right side. And I favor has been the name that I tend to bring up, but um, I still like I, to me, he's the third in a pretty deep right shot prospect pool. I have him third on my list uh, behind Clark is one. I do have Granz ahead of him, and I think it's probably close uh, for me. Faber and Spence. Spence is is uh, uh, getting the, the the chance that he's had at the pro level, playing a lot of minutes in Ontario, and he's getting a he's getting thrown into it in Los Angeles too. And I think he's looked pretty good. So, you know, maybe Spence and Faber are really close for me. But I yeah, it, I agree. I mean, if anything, it's kind of a it's a it's a, it just one less guy to kind of ease ease the pressure a little bit on the right side to open up some some opportunity for some other players and you know just kind of kicks that can down a year maybe um to where there maybe is a little bit less urgency quote unquote to um to make a deal that that i know a lot of people have talked about potentially coming this summer um you know to clear up a log jam well now there's one less player there that that's that's going to be in the conversation so not that Roy was on the chopping block to get traded, uh, but it's less likely now for sure. I think Walker's still probably on his way out. Yeah, I don't want to uh, see Roy go either. But, yeah. you know, without Faber there, you're looking at probably Dowdy, Roy, Clark, and Jersey uh, yeah. on the right-hand side. And then, you know, you have Gron, Spence, and uh, on, on the right-hand side down there. And I think it's important to keep in mind, Spence is so young. I don't know that there was really much expectation for him to be in Los Angeles this year. There's been a lot of situations that have happened for him to get that call. And as well as he's played, I, I don't think him's, you know, I don't think there should be any issue if he starts the season in Ontario next year. I think that's perfectly fine, perfectly reasonable. Um, and it I, just I makes you more, it just makes you more uh, confident. Like what if Clark, for some reason, right. what if Clark isn't ready? He plays yeah. his nine games. They don't want him. They say, hey, you need another year. 
I don't think that it's going to happen. We'll say that does happen. Then, then you have you're fine with Spence playing minutes yep. if he needs to because of injury. Now, if Clark does play, then you have, you're fine with him running power play one, which he was so dominant at for the rain. Yep. And they should still be in line next season, even though a lot of those guys will get permanent jobs with the Kings to uh, to make some headway in in the AHL and be in line for a playoff run. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Richard coming in here said the rain are stacked and should make a deep run. If the Kings miss the playoffs or get knocked out early, then Velarde, Kupari, Byfield, and Spence are able to come down more reason to win the Calder Cup. Well, they're going to need it because they've been playing pretty poorly, but we're going to be getting to that here in a little bit. Before we do, let's start with the new additions. Uh, Tyler uh, Inamoto uh, from the University of Wisconsin. Uh, D-man, left shot, 6'2", 194. Uh, he was drafted in the uh, fifth round in 2017 by the Florida uh, Panthers. The rights are still owned uh, by the Hurricanes. Uh, he signed a uh, either an ATO or PTO. I forget which one it is for him. Uh, but he uh, played for the University of Wisconsin, like I said, wore uh, an assistant captain's letter the last two seasons for 2020 and 2021-22. So uh, I know you're going to be doing a piece on this guy. Both of us haven't really done any deep dives uh, but playing for a huge uh, university, wearing a letter, letter seems right up the alley for what the Kings look for in a, in a locker room type guy. Yeah, and it's from everything that I've read and watched so far in video and interviews and clips and whatnot. I mean, the ultimate, ultimate team guy. Um, and he is a – he doesn't just – I mean, he, he blocks shots, but he, like, loves blocking shots. He wants to make it a thing that he is known for is – as, as he likes to say, eating pucks. And he he's he will lay out for anything, and I think you, he likes to do that and make that first pass. Like, he's not going to be the flashy offensive defenseman. He'll play the body when needed, but he is a very sound defensive defenseman uh, who can make a first pass and is just more than willing to block shots. And talking about, like, maybe where he fits in the rain, you know, you look at that left side – most recently, they had Gaunt, Nusayanin, and Wolanin play the left side um, just last game. And he, you know, listen, given the, how their penalty kill has gone, maybe you want a guy that's going to be down there eating bucks the whole time. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, and I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see him there. So You need those guys. Like, yeah, every team that has been, you know, this obviously this is the AHL, every team that's been overly skilled, like Toronto and, and Tampa, have realized you need grit. Like Lemieux has been such a revelation to the Kings and he's, you see, he's missed, you know, obviously Grunstrom adds a little bit of that to that club, but you're seeing guys like Taylor Ward, who Trapper says he likes, he fits in well with the team. Mm -hmm. And now uh, a guy like Tyler, some of that grit, some of that nastiness, some, somebody who's willing to play, do the unsung hero stuff for a team to win. Uh, you need both to win games. Yeah, and you know, I kind of maybe this is a little, and again, I, I could be completely off base here, but you know, he he maybe is in a similar mold to that of a say a Jacob Movarari who is not eligible for the playoffs for Ontario uh, since he was um, since he was you know called up and not papered back down. So you know, you've got Gaunt, who's kind of more that veteran. Although he plays that physical, he'll block shots, all that type of stuff style. New Sianen, much more of that kind of smoother skating, willing to jump up into the play. Well, Lannon brings a, brings a lot of that offense uh, offensive potential too, where, you know, I think with Inamoto, he's kind of that, again, steady, quiet, stay at home, but is able to make that first pass, make, make that play in transition, ease the breakout and get into the zone and get into the neutral zone. So I, I think that he could kind of be of that similar mold, maybe to like a Moverari who isn't going to, you may not notice him throughout the game. He's not going to do anything that that's flashy. Um, like you watched that play or it was a play on Will Annan's goal uh, the other day where Nusayanin was flying up the ice and shot the gap. Like, I don't know that I see Inamoto necessarily doing that, but he's going to be making those quiet plays in the D zone to get pucks out. That's so Kim, you know, <laughs> flying up the gap there. Yeah, I agree with you. And like, you need that little, little differentiating. Like their offense was so offensive heavy, which obviously that's why their power play was so good for so long. And now they're getting more of these uh, aggressive guys and they just got to learn how to play differently and still learn how to and win. And, and uh, I think Kim uh, will add some offense and, you know, maybe mm -hmm. Tyler will add a little bit, just more steadiness and, you know, quiet, quieting the back uh, of the decor. Uh, the other, 
the other guy we got here, well, let's we'll see if elite prospects will load. Oh, there we go. Uh, is um, is Joe uh, Gattenby. Uh, he is 24 years old, D-man right, six foot 192, shoots the right-hand side. Getting out of the U Sports League in the old Kennedy uh, for the University of New Brunswick, uh, also an assistant captain in his last year. Uh, nice little tidbit about him. Oh, uh, never has missed the playoffs uh, in any team that he's played on since 2011. So, uh, you know, that's something a little snippet to be said about him is that, you know, he's ready to win. And he has that pressure moment uh, built into his mind. You know, sometimes even great players, you know, when you get into juniors and all these kind of things like that, they play on crappy teams, right? I mean, you look uh, you look at uh, some teams that just don't win games and you play on these crappy teams and you don't get that playoff experience. Well, he's had it every year for over a decade uh, in, in the tough moments there. So uh, the Rain are definitely going to need that experience being such a young team. And maybe he can add that kind of uh, leadership being, a, being an older guy. Yeah, and you know, uh, another uh, letter wearer and another character guy. He actually won um, uh, in the U Sports League the most sportsmanlike player award. He's had a lot of academic awards playing in the collegiate league up there. So a smart kid, good head on his shoulders, another leadership type of guy. I, like I said, a letter wearer. Um, and and you can tell he's a guy that thinks the game and, and wants to be somebody that is is involved in that aspect. He he's actually involved in some coaching up in up in Canada, if I'm not mistaken, and some skills coaching. So. He's a guy that's very, very, uh, we'll, we'll say, a student of the game, if you will. And again, um, from what the little bit, admittedly, that I've that I've been able to watch and read since the signing is, is again another player that not necessarily overly offensive, but he's he looks to be solid and reliable in his own zone. That's his goal: is to be kind of a just be somebody that can be counted on, not make a lot of mistakes in his own zone, um, and make sure he's getting pucks up and out of the zone. So, when you look at the rain right side of the defense right now, it's it's. It's thin. Not only have they lost Dursey, who's been up for a while now, Spence, as we just talked about, Helge Granz missed last game with an injury. Um, Rain insider Jared Schaffron mentioned on the broadcast, he doesn't think it's going to be something that's long-term, but we'll find out to see if he's back in the lineup this weekend. But they went with, uh, was Nogier Hickey, the left shot playing the right side, and Allard was the right, uh, the right side of the D. So opportunity here uh, could knock uh, for Gattenby. Um, in the in the short being, term being thrown in in some uh, minutes right there so we'll see how it all works out uh, if, if anything it's depth and as we see with a little bit of injury here and there the depth can dwindle pretty quickly uh but there's nothing dwindling here with our sponsor DraftKings. uh let's get this here hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the nhl right now new customers can bet just one dollar on any team uh, to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can just still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings fantasy or daily fantasy hockey contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win. That is $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 877-8467-369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call, text, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or 888-532-3500 in Virginia. 21 years of age reply, uh, apply, except for in New Hampshire and in Wyoming, where it's 18 or older. Physically present in states like Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, and West Virginia. Only minimum $5 deposit required. 
Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. It's been a while. Been well a while. done. Still Didn't miss a beat. Still smooth as silk there, except for they weren't that smooth against the Eagles. Let's get into that matchup here. First one, uh, blowout. Um, eight to one. It wasn't even close all game. You would think if you looked at the shot totals, you'd be like, oh, that's not too bad. Uh, but Colorado, uh, four to six, four for six on the power play. Um, and Ontario was one for four. And that's just really where they made us pay uh, was in the special teams. It got down early and just never recovered. Right. I mean, you, they just it got away from them. You know, you're down three nothing after one. But with this rain team, it's been some, you know, it's been we've talked about it, how, you know, they're just never out of it. But, um, you know, it's a different rain team right now. But uh, look at the roster. Look at all the guys that are up, all the guys that are hurt. And it's, it's you know, not to kind of get off the track here, but really quick, like this, for what, what seemed like a team that was going to march through at least the first round or two of the playoffs, there's, there's no guarantee that this team is winning a best of three right off the hop. It's going to be tough, especially if, depending on what's going on in Los Angeles, if they don't have those guys, I think it was Richard that mentioned earlier, um, you know, the, the Velarde, Kupari, Byfield, Spence could come down. If they're still playing in LA and they miss that opening series, it's going to be a grind, and it could go. It could be a game against those San Diego Gulls that they just played, um, and it was a two-one game midway through the third period yesterday. Not to jump ahead, but uh, so just kind of circling back, like this, it's a different rain team. Whereas a three-nothing deficit three months ago, yeah, it's nothing. You know, Ferk and Tynan are going to go nuts, and then you've got coming right behind you. You've got the way Turcott was pushing the play at least Madden. Uh, Fagimo and a couple of those guys are out now. Velarde was there, Byfield was there, Kupari you know, lately, and then of course the the defense where the power play didn't miss, and it's just been a little bit different right now. So they can't really afford to to get down like that because they just don't have the firepower that they used to to come back. And then it just again it got away from them another early goal in the second, um, and then back to back power play goals, and that was all she wrote. Yeah, I mean. You know, there's only so much time and convert can do, you know, <laughs> like, like, like they can't be, they can't have six point nights every game as much as how good they've been this year. And I know uh, Turcotte's been rumored to be about a month out from his, uh, when his injury happened. So that sh- should be coming up soon, but who knows? And then will he be the Turcotte that we saw right before the injury, which was really good. I mean, the type, type of guy that hounds the pucks, a, yeah. not a defense, you know, a very good defender was scoring some points, yeah. uh, you know, had that point streak and everything like that. And, you know, there's nothing that a top five pick, you know, is really going to hurt it, on the team. Like it's only going to help your team. And not for nothing. So you've got you've got the. I mean, I don't know if I count Byfield because really the only reason he was in Ontario was more conditioning. He was going to start the season in LA, but you, you've got Velarde, Spence, Kapari, not to mention Turcott, who you just did, Madden. Kachev, that's six forwards or five forwards and a defenseman and a number one D-man that are out for various reasons. So it's that's a lot to take out of a lineup. As deep as the rain are, that's a lot. And it's, you know, depending on how things shake out here the rest of the way, I mean, that's why you're seeing them. You've got a guy like Taylor Ward who's stepping in and scoring some big goals and, and some defensemen are starting to chip in. And, and you know, they continue to get production from up and down, which is good. Um, but it's, it's a little bit less of a, of a firepower, if you will. Yeah, well, like you said, I, I mean, if they were down 5 nothing in a game, I, I thought the rain in the beginning of the season <laughs> would be perfectly <laughs> fine, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, like Richard said, the, the injury bug can just relax for the rest of the season. That would be, be nice. fantastic, yeah. Uh, Richard Richard comes in again. He said, if he can come back stronger and healthier, I'm assuming he's meaning Turcotte next season and stay healthy, the rain will be fire. So, so I said, I, for, we've been saying all season, like, all we ask for the kid, like, for as much as everybody call up Turcotte, do this, do this, this. Can we just let the kid have a healthy season, please? Let him have a healthy season and then see how he goes. And he just you know, hasn't been able to do that. Even in the small amount of time that Akil's been back from his injury, I know I was pretty hard on him and uh, harder than you were, but he's starting to mm-hmm. look like the Akil Thomas that we know and love. I mean, he's yep. still not 100% in my eyes. I, I, feel, I still think you see some shifts that aren't sure. typical Akil Thomas, but he's definitely slowly coming back from that injury and, and – that's all you wish from Turcotte is to stay healthy because yeah. you know he might not be that top three LA Kings you know line you know top liner 
that we all thought, but he's still an integral part to this prospect pool and health is going to be a big part of his future. And if he can get back before the playoffs, that would be huge uplift uh, for this team here going uh, down the rest of it. Yeah. So seven, nothing after two uh, Samuel uh, stops the shutout uh, with his 24th of the season in the third period, Martin uh, Kraut right here with two goals. And he's an interesting one, right? He was a first round pick uh, for, uh, for the Avalanche in 2008, hasn't really broken the lineup. Uh, only a half point per game player in the the for Colorado, um, you know, out of the Czech Republic. I always thought that you know this guy had the scoring makings to to make the team, but Colorado, as we saw for the Kings yesterday, is just so stacked. So maybe he's just you know waiting for a time, and he might play out his ELC and and ask to be traded somewhere or signed somewhere else or or do something like that because, you know, they're definitely have a log jam more than uh, more than the Kings do for a first round pick like that. So, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty deep over there. So let's move it on to the next one here. Uh, as it's loading and playing uh, the second half of this, of this game, another loss over time. Rain do get a point in this one four, uh, three, uh, a little bit of back and forth going. The special teams got it going early for both teams. Samuel uh, Fagimo with his 25th of the season. Stay hot, my friend. Uh, with a power play goal, assist from Granz and Ferk. It's been a couple weeks. Did I not say Fagimo's going to get 30? And it was like, eh, that could be a lot to ask. He needs basically a goal a game, and he's got 27. Yeah, he might do it. Hey, Samuel, thank you for listening <laughs> to the pod and, and taking Joe's advice because uh, you're in fuego. Listen, I may have been talking out of my uh, my – behind if you will at the moment just kind of throwing a number out there but the fact that he's three goals away good on him he's he's really talking about a guy that stepped up uh with a lot of the guys out he's been he's been right there at the top of that list so uh good on him gets the scoring start early he's been really good on the power play um good yeah it, that was that was big outside of clark i think he's probably the fan favorite to probably make the crack the king's lineup next season he's doing exactly what you would want right so he has the nice exciting camp scores that Nice goal in the first uh, in, in in preseason. Doesn't make the team. Goes down and just quietly. Because let's be honest, I, I think it's been a pretty quiet twenty-seven goals he's had. With yeah. you look at what Ferk has done. So much attention was on Byfield at the start of the year. Tynan is just ridiculous. And then you look at the defensemen, Dursey, Spence. They're being called up to the NHL. And all the while, Samuel Fagimo was just kind of slowly. He had a little bit of a lull there for a while in the kind of first third of the season. But then, like, second half, he has just been steady, Eddie, consistent, just putting pucks in the net, being that goal-scoring winger, being that that guy that just puts just, just a, a goal-scorer that you drafted him to be. And that's exactly what he's doing. And he, Listen, all you can ask for in his, his, his first full pro season, really, he goes out and he's going to score 30 goals. I think you take that. That he's doing exactly yeah. what you want him to do. Check. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, but I, I think another thing that's interesting too is the fact that Ferk and Tynan have kind of been like this buffer for a lot of these prospects, right? And so last year when Kaliev was lighting it up, everybody's like, okay, yeah, he needs to be brought up right now, and like it's kind of giving you know Fagimo a little bit of a buffer. Uh, I know people wanted Velarde back up and all this kind of stuff like that, but. You know, he's kind of been putting that in there. And then, you know, Trapper 9 here with, you know, Fagimo and Chromiak next year will be insane to watch. Uh, Chromiak has over 40 goals this year in the in the OHL. Uh, he was OHL player of the week last week. I think he had uh, almost two point per game pace, a goal per game pace, uh, his third hat trick of the season uh, last week. Uh, and so definitely smoking smoking the twine uh, in the back of the net there for, for Martin Chromiak. So, the team's got some goal scorers, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see who rises to the cream of the crop uh, as uh, as these seasons unfold. So uh, we're going in here. Uh, let's go to the second period here. After first, it was two to two. Uh, Gauntz and Gabriel Fontaine uh, ties it up with a little bit left. You know, tough letting in those last second goals. But going into the second uh, period, Jason uh, Magna gets his tenth of the season, and then. Who would have thunk another power play goal from Samuel Fagimo, 26 of the season, uh, by TJ Tynan and Helge Granz? If Tynan does not get an assist per game, it is a travesty at this point. Uh, but OT winner for Megna uh, in this one, uh, his third point of the game, and uh, the Eagles win this one 4 3. 
Yeah, good good on Helge Granz, too. In this game, picks up a couple of assists, both on the power play. Uh, so an opportunity to where, you know, with Spence up, how's the power play going to run? And, he, you know, they, they're able to contribute. Although with with, with TJ Tynan, it, it, it should still be pretty efficient, right? When yes. you have a guy like the best playmaker in – the American Hockey League, um, it should still run okay. So, but I would say good on good on Grons to pick up uh, a couple of apples in this one. Yeah, it was definitely good on him, and and I really liked it. What I didn't like though is that you know, I mean, obviously they it was a half night in the first game on Friday because they lost eight to one. Obviously, Volata pulled, uh, or was it Parikh was pulled or Volata was pulled first? I forget who started that game. Volata, Volata started that game, yeah. So he was pulled, and then Parikh went in there, and then Volalta got the start again. You think maybe they would have started with Parikh, but I guess at that point they both played half the game. So, um, you know, but what we wanted them to see was let Volalta, you know, get a little puff here, and they've been trotting him out almost every single game. Yep. Um, and so <clears throat> we'll see how that kind of works out there. Richard coming in here. If the Kings don't trade Walker or Roy in the summer, maybe to start the season, do you see Dursey and Spence in Ontario? Yeah, I mean, because that's not an option for Roy or Walker. Like, they don't have – I don't know if it will be for Jersey, uh, depending on his age. I'd have to look up that contract. But I'm sure Spence can pass through waivers. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Maybe they'll want to see – maybe Walker will be a trade after the start of the season. It won't be an off season. It'll be, a you know, after camp to see how he looks type deal. Or maybe mm-hmm. they'll try to <clears throat> inflate his trade value – I mean, he really has no value at this moment with the injury, and so maybe they try to inflate his trade value with some games in the preseason, wait yeah. for somebody to get some injuries, and then and try to trade high at that moment. That would not surprise me because it's it's is it worth it to necessarily trade him just for the sake of it? If if a team's going to be if, if, depending on what the cost and what the, the price is going to be, it wouldn't surprise me, Richard, if if that's the direction that they go, that we do see Jersey and Spence both. Um, both in Ontario next year to start the season because, you know, just because everybody says, ah, just trade Walker. It's not always that easy uh, to just say, ah, we'll just trade him. I mean, I, I think there's, there's a little bit more to it than that. So um, yes, it would clear up a log jam, but at the same time, you don't want to just give a player away if he's a player that has value. And I think Walker, when he was healthy, did provide value, value to the blue line. And I think he can to an NHL team. So you, you, you do want to uh, kind of tread, tread lightly there. My counter argument to that is that the salary that his contract would open up is more important than the the picks that we're getting with sure sure with with Kempe getting a raise and you know them you know fans looking for them to go out and sign a Forsberg signs a big free agent to kind of push us over the top there you know you're going to need also we're we're going to have 10 million allocated to the goalie position which isn't ideal so you know his his salary might be more important going into free agency than than whatever low round pick that we could get for Walker. Now is Walker uh, maybe a sweetener? Yeah, he probably could be a sweetener for a team in a trade. You know, to where it's you know maybe they they're looking oh like hey we'll take a shot at a guy who has low salary and and played pretty good. There is tape out on him, um, and so we'll see how that works out. How they decide whether he goes, but. I think there's too much of a log jam not to get rid of him earlier. Uh, that's just my opinion, but I could definitely see it go both ways where they let the camp play out. And maybe there's, you know, they want to wait until they see there's no injuries in their own camp before sure. they trade him, or they're going to try to trade him at the height of uh, maybe another team getting an injury early. Uh, and then they can capitalize on that. Obviously you don't wish anything right. bad upon any players, but that's just the name of the game. there, you know, being strategic. So moving on here to, the Stockton Heat. Whew, what a series. So, this was a good series. Um, the first game, uh, final in a shootout, 3-2. Uh, rain fell short on this one. But we started out, Frederick Lard, second of the, the season, uh, with, a, with less than a minute to go. But the, the game started out with Matthew Phillips, 28th uh, goal of the season on the power play. Penalty kill, still not looking great. Um, but Byron Froze and Martin uh, Papasil, uh, with the assists, what did you see out of this first period? He outshot uh, Ontario eleven eight. Well, so they outshot him eleven eight. For the first five minutes, it was seven one Stockton in shots and goal. They were all over him. Uh, so the rain after that did kind of settle in, and, and they turned it around pretty quickly, right? They outshot them what ten to one 
quick math how that works out the yeah. rest of the way. So they did they did end the period well. And on that power play goal, um, it, they were all over the place. Um, the, the the penalty killer was that is they they never really had a good uh, uh, a good structure. They were the the movement from Stockton was very good, so it wasn't too shocking to see uh, to see that goal coming. And then yeah, and then ten minutes in, it was eleven to two shots on goal in that period. So it was a it was an all Stockton first period, the first half of that first period. Yeah. So this is the first game for Kim Nusayan. And, and then, you know, you look at Samuel Hellenius has been there. Give me your opinion on both the Finns. Obviously they were a topic in our last one. Kim gets his first game. So he's had a little bit less time on the ice than Samuel, but what have you seen from both of them so far uh, in their short tenure? In the short, in the short, I, you know, small sample size. I I'm a fan of, of, Kim Nusayan and I really like the way he is more than willing to jump up into play. Um, I think he's good on the puck. I think he makes some good plays. You know, maybe a little bit risky at times in the back end. I think he had a he had a costly turnover, I believe it was in one of the Stockton games. So, you know, there's there's going to be kind of kind of give and take there, almost like you know a young Jordan Spence where. You know he's so good offensively, but maybe a little careless with the puck at times in the in the D zone as a young defenseman getting used to the the AHL game. I think you have a tendency to maybe see some of that, but I I think there's a player there. I'm I'm a fan of of Nusayanin's game. Helenius, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get up to the speed with with this with of the pro game of the AHL game. I think you're seeing what he's good at in terms of being that defense first kind of centerman. Um, and I think as he goes, I'd like to see him get a, just a stretch of games to get used to the speed a little bit, because I think uh, Nusayanin is uh, adapting and adjusting a little bit better right now, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Nusayanin's a better skater and so he can rely on that athleticism to, to get him through. Uh, Dustin Wolf, obviously Trapper and I say Dustin Wolf is <laughs> yes. pretty, pretty good. Yes, he is. You're very astute with your observation. Uh, definitely a great goalie there. Um, and he, you know, he's carried that team, uh, all year, uh, with, and then to that night was no, uh, difference with 64 minutes, uh, in between the pipes. So going into the second, uh, Emilio Pedersen with the 10th of the season, and then another defenseman gets a goal here. Thomas Hickey from Jared Anderson Dolan. Yeah. And, and look at Anderson Dolan again. He's picks up his 20th assist. He's, he's continued to be a pretty consistent uh, point producer for Ontario this year, up and down the lineup, special teams. He's been a solid, solid player. Yeah. He's uh third on the team in goals with 22 and third on the team in points with 45. And, and I'll say too, um, Valalta was pretty big that period in the second period. He made some point blank saves um, kind of midway through the period that were, were crucial. Um, at certain points in that game. I agree. I agree there in the third period, no action uh, as far as on the tally sheet, but heavily outshot uh, by the heat uh, 13 to five Ontario seemed the better team in overtime. In my opinion, what do you, did you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, they had a, uh, I think FERC had a breakaway in overtime. They scored a goal. Now it was, there was a goal that was called back. Um, I thought they were good um, overall. Going back actually to the third period, Wagner had a breakaway in the third period. um, So he was stopped. So I, I, you know, overall, I thought the rain certainly bounced uh, or certainly had a a decent showing here in this one um, before the shootout, at least. Yeah. So the shootout, they went with uh, the goal scorer, Samuel Fugimo, uh, no goal there. And Barrett Anderson Dolan, no goal in uh, Stockton Heat. Uh, hit both of there. So Dustin Wolf got the first player of the game, uh, making 24 uh, saves on 26 shots and then stopping both in the shootout. Uh, so three game skid, uh, but they still pick up two points out of the possible six. So, you know, some of those moral victories kind of staying off Colorado for that third spot right now, uh, I believe, uh, I mean, we still got more games to talk about, but uh, you know, they have 79 points and the rain have 85 uh, rain have a game in hand, so it's not impossible. The rain still have a chance. You know they'd have to do something pretty drastic to blow these games, but uh, there's still an opportunity there. And I believe uh, they they play the Eagles uh, three, three games, uh, so definitely a chance to to blow the number two uh, spot if they're not careful. So we'll see how that goes out. Let's go to the second game. This one was also a final in a shootout, so d- quality game. The Heat start out hot, pun intended. Uh, three straight goals. Uh, first one, Walker uh, Dewar 
Uh, and you got uh, Nick uh, Simone and Justin Kirkland uh, going into the second period uh, until we have a sign of sweet relief with Austin Wagner getting his 12th of the season, assisted from Jared Anderson Dolan and Kim Nusayani and getting his first professional point in the AHL. Yep, smart seeing. I shot from the left point, and then it was a bit of a scramble in front. Uh, I, I'm not oh, sure if Dolan, uh, if Anderson Dolan tipped the shot on the way in, or if he was just one of the ones that got a stick on it to get the primary assist. But a nice job by Wagner tucking it home, um, and a big goal, right? If it's we talked about earlier in this uh, three nothing is is a lot for this team to come back from at this point, but making it three one after two. That gets you right back into it, heading in the room. Uh, you know you're you're two shots away from tying this thing up, and uh, they did just that uh, in the third period. Yeah, so going into the third, lots of goals here, six total goals for both teams. What a teams. period. Uh, what a great, yeah, great period that was. So Samuel Figamo gets his 27th uh, from Martin Furk and Will Lannon. Akil Thomas with his fourth from Jared Anderson, Dolan, and Tynan. On the power play there, Tynan with his 74th of the season. I want to talk about. I want sorry. I want to talk about that Thomas goal because it's it's something that we've seen the rain do when the power play has been effective, and they did it early in the season. Um, I know the play to Ferk, right? That tying into Ferk, or it would maybe be from Spence to Ferk for the one timer. That's that's kind of the money shot, if you will, for the rain. But part of the reason that makes that to me a an option is because of that bumper forward where it's been tyler madden who they've and then what you do is you set up that kind of triangle right where it's on that right circle where tynan goes down low to anderson dolan and it's a quick one touch to the slot and that's exactly how thomas scored this goal and akil thomas showed that he was effective in this bumper role last season they've had two really effective players in my opinion this year both in madden and in velarde and i think part of the reason that 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 lane to ferk can be open is well one tynan is just elite at making that read and that play but also that is still a threat uh, and I've talked about it occasionally on Twitter where that bumper is non-existent on the Kings power play, not to go too much to the Kings, but I, I think you, the way the rain utilize that is how you should utilize that. And then when that play happens, that has to be honored. The, the, the killers know if I leave that open, Tynan's going to go to Anderson Dolan and he's going to one touch it to the bumper and it's going to be in the back of the net with the shooters they have. If that's never a play, if that never happens, why they the killers they know that if they then they then that they that they just have to defend the perimeter yeah. right right exactly and so i think i it's it's very effective the way the rain do this and they have been fortunate enough to be able to plug in a few different bumper players that have all done it really effectively in my opinion and akil thomas is one of them yeah trapper nine coming here say thomas is really good at that bumper shot yeah he is he yeah is. and uh, at least is very good very, very effective, quick release. On, and credit, on. and credit. I'm sorry again, but credit Anderson Dolan. I, I've talked about how well he is down low. He he's able to recognize when am I making the play to the bumper? When am I making a play to the net? When am I going to the front of the net and being a tip option? Like he's very, very smart in that down low power play spot. I've been very impressed with him in the down low position. I just really wish that they would have utilized him when they brought him up in that role. And, and that's the one of the things that I'm, I think most fans are on on Twitter are clamoring for is that they don't make any changes on the power play. Like your power play is straight garbage for the Kings. And I mean, I, I one, I like the power play two unit way better than the power play one unit. And two, like they haven't made any changes. They haven't done anything different. And like what was Einstein's, you know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And like yeah. it just seems they're yeah. slowly starting to make changes, but for a while there, it was just, you know, hitting your head on a, on a brick wall. I mean, like not but, to bring it to yeah. the Kings, but. Yeah, my really quick opinion on that, Andre Kopitar is who they want the, the power play to run through, as they should. He's their best player, best playmaker. He's a left-hand shot in the right-hand circle. And if you see on the rain, who's in that right, who's in the bumper slot? Because the play's on that same circle. Tynan plays mm-hmm. on that right circle. It doesn't matter if Tynan's right-handed or left-handed. Kopitar's left-handed, but they both play on the right circle. What hand is the bumper? Madden, righty. Velarde, righty. Akil Thomas, righty. You're able to make that option to from Tynan to one of those bumpers so that guy can either come right back to Tynan, he can go up to Spence, or he can shoot it. Kopitar doesn't have that option. It's always Deneau. He's a lefty. There's no option there. 
if, yeah. if just just from a purely how you're standing and you can't that triangle play that we just talked about down low to anderson dolan one touch to the bumper again non-existent when you have a lefty in that bumper spot when you're running it out of the right circle that's my opinion i'd like to see a righty in that spot i think it could potentially open some things up for kopitar rather than keeping it all on the perimeter and and that cross seam pass to kempe again very rarely is it there because the killers know they just got to kill the perimeter yeah, and so it's it's well, your opinions have been on national uh, television. The guy said the same thing. The Kings, as good as our five and five has been on the power play, we have a lot of lefties. We don't have a differential of shot. And so I would like to see Kupari. Kupari's got a pretty quick release. I would like to see Kupari in that little bumper uh role. Velardi was right effective shot. in the bumper spot. And Velarde. I think Velarde can do the job, but obviously there's a there's a hesitation on McClellan wants to go with what he knows and what he trusts, and that's why you see so many veterans on that top unit. For better or for worse, that's what it is. So getting into this, the third Moving period, on. after the two goals there, Conazari, uh with his 12th of the season on the power play. So, again, the penalty kill uh, lets one in. A lot better than four, uh, four goals on the power play this game, only one, uh, but still got bit by the bug there. Then Martin Furk right, answers right back 13 seconds later. Uh, with a absolute laser, 34th of the season from Fagimo uh, and Cameron Gantz. Yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice play. He actually picks up the puck kind of in tight and is able to poke it home on a bit of a scramble. And what a way to answer right back! And you know they do it again a little bit later too. So this, this, this set off. I mean, it, uh, just a crazy end to this third period. Yeah, going in with about four minutes left, Justin Kirkland gets his 20th of the season uh, from Martin Pompensil to Luke Phillip. And like you said, we answer right back. Taylor Ward, been an assist machine, but gets his first uh, pro goal for the AHL. Well-deserved. He's been playing very well uh, from Austin Wagner and Christian Willannon. Full marks to Austin Wagner on this play, but not only on this play, but I think he's really stepped up too, and he's kind of elevated his game. He, he's always been somebody that's played kind of on the bottom bottom six of the uh of the rain lineup but he's had to he's he's been asked to play in the top six here recently i think he's done a nice job did a made a really nice play protecting the puck along the wall and then taylor ward just finding a soft quiet area the defenders didn't know he was there good job by wagner to find him quick release bang tie game nice goal yeah very very much so well deserved for him uh this game nothing and nothing in ot we go to the shootout, which uh, Stockton had the better of. They started off with getting a goal from Kirkland. Akil Thomas, no. And then you're thinking, oh, man, another loss in the shootout. Phillips denied. Fagino gets his, and Anderson Dolan stuffs it in. So the two guys that missed the uh, the game before get both of theirs uh, in this week and and the uh, the rain pickup, too. Big, big, big for Fagimo to, to get the rain on the board and tie that up. Because that Justin Kirkland, man, he's lethal. Lethal on the power play. It's, it's very er, – power play on the shootout. Very similar to everything he does coming on that left side. Uh, really dangerous, but a couple of nice goals by Fagimo. He tried the same thing he did in the first uh, shootout that didn't end up going in, but uh, buries it this time, and uh, obviously Anderson Dolan with the winner. Yeah, uh, Richard coming in. Ward was a great sign. I can't wait to see what he does in the playoffs. Agreed yep. there. Interesting note here through all the games, David Rennick's been the, the backup every single game. Uh, and they've, you know, they've put, given Parikh back to uh, the ECHL team. Uh, Ingham was called up to the Kings, I think, just for the road trip, um, you know, as an emergency type goalie in case somebody gets injured there. But uh, they've stuck with Renick as the perennial backup uh, so far. He hasn't really got any. Uh, I don't believe he's gotten in any games uh, this season. Uh, did he get in? Um, I didn't watch the goals game. No, he was a backup in the goal game as well. So that was the only game I didn't watch out of the five. But yeah, he hasn't got an opportunity, but he's been the consistent backup. Um, so we'll see if he gets in. Sporting the number one, going with the single digit. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. Volalta's played, I want to say it's 10 straight. If I'm not mistaken, I could be a game or so off on that, but he's getting a lot of ice. And I just. You know, maybe if they get a little bit of a cushion on Colorado, maybe they'll give him, you know, a little bit of a rest as they head into postseason. Because I can't, he's, I imagine he's going to play every game in, in playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they, you'd have to go with what you know, like you said, uh, <clears throat> to make sure that they can, uh, you know, make some headway. And if the Kings get knocked out, then they can kind of get some reprieve, but they got to win that first series. Going into the last game here, the San Diego, uh, San Diego goals game. Uh, we're looking at a 5-1 smashing of, of the birds uh, down there. It was pretty much all rain uh, from midway through the second on. 
Uh, Martin Furk gets two goals here, uh, both on the power play. How did uh, is you know, like I said, I didn't watch this game. Were both those his his patented yeah. uh, in in the OV kitchen, so to speak? These were these were Tynan cross seam to Furk. Um, it's I. It's just almost you, you almost laugh at how yeah. how efficient they are. It, it's it's awesome to see. Um, but yeah, and, and just just great great reads and, and execution by uh, by Tynan. Just it's just excellent. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ovechkin's gonna like Ovechkin doesn't even move in on the power play unless he has to re- like corral a puck or he shoots, and you still know it's coming. You can't defend it, so it, yeah. like, it's just it's just lethal there. Um, so going into uh, the the second period here, Benoit Oliver uh, Giroux gets his eleventh. Like I said, Martin Furk with his second power play. Mm-hmm. Going to third, Will Landon gets his first goal for uh, for the rain there uh, from Frederick Lard and Martin Furk. Taylor Ward with his second of the season and Martin Furk. Uh, completes the hat trick uh, with an empty netter from Brett Sutter and TJ Tynan. Uh, pretty much a clean sweep in this game, 5-1. Uh, Volalta very clean behind the net from what it looks about 22 of 23. Were there really any high-danger shots, or was it pretty much just yeah. No, he was awesome, actually. Uh, there was the – I want to say it was, in, it was in the third. So in the third period, this was a one – excuse me, a one-goal game. It was a 2-1 game for the first – as you see, 12 minutes of the game, and Vilalta made a couple of huge point-blank saves earlier in that period to keep that at a 2-1 game. Um, and then a, a great job. By, it was, I believe it was a four-on-four goal that Christian Wolanin scored, and uh, it was Nusayan, and I think, again, who kind of was jumping up into the play. Um, I could be wrong on Nusayan, and actually, now that I think about that, because Allard, maybe it was Allard, I'm sorry, Allard that would jumped up into the play, the other defenseman. Um just a, a nice job and, and will land with a really nice goal. Um, so it was, it's, that was big. That was like a whew, sigh of relief. Like, okay, you got that two goal lead because the goals were coming. They, they had some dangerous opportunities. Yeah. As we're recording here on Thursday night, uh, not getting any help from uh, our friends from the North uh, Vegas up four to one in the, oh, in the boy. second period. So uh, this game was pretty much a wash there, five to one. So now you're looking at the standings here. So we're in the we're in the crunch time. Uh, the top three teams have anywhere from be five to seven games remaining. Uh, Stockton Heat look like they pretty much got the first seed uh, yeah. wrapped up, unless they just catastrophe fall away. But they're eight they're eight one zero oh, and one uh, in their last ten. So they're hot as their name uh, suggests. And so it's pretty pretty much the rain battling the Eagles for the second spot. Like we said, three games left. Yep. Um, if you're looking at the scoring, though, for the MVP, our boy TJ Tynan taking over the first spot, 13 goals, 77 dimes for 30 points or 90 points. Uh, they're definitely having the headway to clinch that MVP for the second year in a row. And he is, correct me if I'm wrong, is he 10 assists away from breaking the assist record in the AHL? I want to say it's 86. Don't quote I'm, me. I'm not 100% sure on that. I haven't. I didn't even look that up. I didn't even know he was that close. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's if it's 86, he's nine away. I, I, I think, but, I again, don't. I should know that if I'm going to say it, but don't quote me. Um, so, yeah, I'm watching that, and I'm watching my guy, Samuel Fugino, to try to get to 30. I think that would be awesome. Um, a big accomplishment for him and Marty Furks just three away from 40. So some milestone type of uh, performances here for, for the Ontario rain and boy for TJ Tynan to, uh, to have the season he's had. And uh, if he's able to kind of win a back-to-back um, MVP, that'd be awesome. Uh, it'd be a heck of a season for him, even regardless, even if he doesn't, but he's, he's pretty comfortably, the highest in terms of points per game. Uh, even the guy that's right behind him has played uh, Andrew uh, – oh, I'm going to butcher that one – Podogrowski. He's mm-hmm. played uh, 63 games compared to Tynan's 56. So um, just another really impressive season from Tynan. Yeah, let's go for the people listening on YouTube right now. The NHL scoreboard, we've got Minnesota tied with Dallas, Edmonton up 4 nothing on Nashville. So <laughs> – uh, getting some help there in the wild card. If it comes to that, if Vegas takes over that spot and we're fighting for a wild card, getting some help there. Uh, I don't know if Richard here is asking this question. Who do you guys want to face in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, I don't know if he's talking King or rain, but we can do a little bit of both. I say, sure. I say we play, I mean, chances are like there's a 65% chance we play Edmonton and I think we match up well against them. I mean, I know a big loss 
uh, for Drew Doughty. And, and, you know, cause you have to beat Edmonton on special teams because they're so lethal uh, with the man advantage. Um, but uh, who, who do you think there? I don't, I don't love Edmonton because I, if it, it, if the game and it it's going to at some points get into a little bit track meaty and that's just not the Kings aren't suited for that. And what scares me about Edmonton is you mentioned our penalty kill and frankly, our young defensemen and our goaltending. So yeah, I guess all of all things considered, it's probably the, well, the three options are Colorado flames and Edmonton. Am I crazy to think the Flames, just the way they play, we match up okay with them? It's a similar style of play. They're not going to run and gun you. Because if we get into the run and gun, I think that's where our defense can really struggle and transition. And our goaltending with the with a lot of the snipers that the the Oilers and um, um, and Avalanche have. Listen, that's not to say I want to play the Flames. I guess all things of those three, Edmonton probably the, the right answer. You know, they have some issues in goal as well. But – I don't. I guess I don't necessarily love the way we match up with them. That said, no. The, uh, all the Flames games have been three-two, so. and that's the thing. Like I've sensed that those are the style games where LA is going to be comfortable playing those, where it can get a little uncomfortable playing against Edmonton. Yeah. So for for the rain, um, I, I think they, you know, the only teams that they don't really, I think they had historically been playing bad against this season have been Colorado and. And, uh, and, and so I think that might, would be a, I don't know if that would be a first round matchup, but, uh, because there's what, eight, eight teams that make it seven, seven teams make it and that, and Stockton's going to get the buy. So it'll be two. So we, we would be playing the goals or the silver Knights, uh, goals tend to play us pretty well. Um, I'm sure, I don't know who, um, who Anaheim designated to go down there. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. off the top of my head. And Going there's a line. pretty there's a pretty big rivalry with the Silver Knights, so both those teams get up to play us. Um, but I think we've had a quite a bit more blowouts against the goals this season. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head. Lucas Dostal though is a pretty good goalie, um, and so maybe you know if he gets hot, that could that could spell something bad in a, in a short series. What do you think? Similar there though, for Henderson, Logan Thompson, if he's down in Henderson, now that Laner's back up and healthy with, with Vegas, um, the rain have been successful against both teams. I think they're six and one against Henderson. They're seven and three against the goals. But to your point, short series, you know, we just talked about this goals game and you're right. I do think that the rain have, have handled the goals on the score sheet a, a few times, but um, you know, it was this was a two one game midway through the third period yesterday, and and they're going to get the goals two more times in a row here this weekend. So, um, depending on how the roster shakes out, that's going to play a big factor. If they go into these this first series um, as is, any series is going to be a, a grind. I think, um, and again, it's going to be a short series, and it's a best of three series this first one. So you never know uh, what could happen in a, in a really short series. So I think all things considered, I'd say I'd, I'd quote unquote rather play the goals, um, but certainly not going to be a uh, a shoe in. Yeah, both uh, the the both teams they play the Kings end on the twenty eighth. The rain will end on the thirtieth. I don't know how quickly the uh, as far as the regular season. I don't know how quickly the playoffs start after that, uh, but. I would assume that even if if both teams make it, I would assume the four game series or the four games. If they if the Kings lose in four, it would still be after the the three game right. series so, for for the AHL. So they would have to win that series on their own without the players. If uh, the Kings make the playoffs, you're not seeing Spence, Velarde, Byfielder, Kapari in the first round. Yeah. Uh, to Trapper Nine's question: Is Madden healthy? No, he's not. Uh, I don't know the timetable for him to come back, but uh, they have a lot of guys unhealthy. Uh, Trapper and I coming in again. Rain will be much stronger in the playoffs this year, uh, but as my lovely co-host alluded to, that it won't be in the first round, and they'll have to beat that team on their own as is. Um, But Rich coming in says, being positive here, yeah, they can beat anyone with a healthy lineup and reinforcements, uh, plus Hellenius and Lee adds a lot of beef. I still want to see the over 6'5 line at least once. He and Lee have played together. Yeah. 
So you just got to add that other guy in there, and then we're good to go. <laughs> Doty, Doty looks maybe a little small next to him, but he's not exactly small. <laughs> so uh, it's been a pleasure there, Joe. I, lo- I mean, we went over an hour easy to talk about the, the rain and, and hockey, and I'm sure we could get into a lot more. Uh, there, as always, you can find us at HockeyRoyalty.com. We got fresh gear there. Uh, Joe ain't wearing his T-shirt, uh, but the gear is pretty sweet. So go there, get yourself a T-shirt, a hoodie uh, for the playoffs there. You can find me at Commando 24 You can find Joe at, a, or at JW Paterino. Uh, you're, you're working on, like you said, you're working on that article for uh, Itamato, right, coming up? Yeah, look, look for this to come out on Friday. Uh, like I said, we're recording a Thursday, uh, one of the new uh, defenseman signings. Uh, have a little bit of a piece up uh, uh, for tomorrow. Yeah, thank uh, thank you all the guys, uh, Richard Trapper Nine, uh, for coming in here and being in the chat. Appreciate Absolutely. that. Thank you guys. Yep. Um, and then what we're looking at here is uh, we got a month left for both teams, man. Hopefully we can get uh, Kings and a rain clinch. Get on a run, uh, and we'll get we'll get on the playoffs, which would be uh, definitely exciting. Uh, last but not least, thanks to our sponsor, DraftKings promo code THPN. Go Kings, go.